the one who knocks. Pop, pop. Oh, no. <laughs> Why don't you do something with your life? You contribute nothing to society. Good morning, Vietnam! Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? You know my code. Hose before bros. You can't handle the truth. Buzz your girlfriend. Woof. Nobody calls me mad dog. Especially not some dooted up egg sucking gutter trash. Hello and welcome to My First Time, the podcast that debates, disputes and discusses pop culture classics. Each episode, someone on our panel takes on the role of the first timer, the person who is correcting a gap in their pop culture resume. Will they see what the fuss is or be left wondering, what the hell was that? My name is Dan and I am joined each and every episode by <laughs> Eden. Hello there. And Aiden. Catchphrase. I noticed that you changed your opening to not each and every week. Yeah. No, we've just been talking about how little we've podcasted in the last uh, 16 months or something. So I think uh, we couldn't even say each and every month and be accurate. But much like bad boys, we're back, baby. Yeah. Each and every quarterly segment of the year. <laughs> How is everyone? Well, thank you very much, Dan. How are you? I'm very good. Does anyone have any exciting uh, life news since August 2019? Anything they want to share with our listeners? That had, should... I, had I had a son by that point? No, he was born in July. So oh, we you must don't have... even know your own son's birthday. That took you way too long. <laughs> well, I just to wasn't sure when we recorded that particular episode mm. because I had a son in July. But if we had a... How anyway. is your son going? Yeah, still alive. So we're having a win. Hey, yeah. nice. Yeah. How are your children, Eden? I have none. So that's great. I, I have my Star Trek figures. That's I what I meant. I, oh, right, yeah. I don't doubt that you look after your Star Trek figures as good they as have been, I look after my son. They have been Is that a comment on my parenting or your nerdiness? <laughs> Who knows? I've got something for you. This, will, this is an important bit of information. You've been to Eden's house yeah, and seen yeah. the many shelves of pop culture paraphernalia. Yeah, it was... All his Star Trek-y stuff. There was his, some mind games he taught sorts of things. His premium yeah. shelf has been taken over by his wife. That's right. What's she storing up there? Uh, like uh, some books and um, books about. Uh, he's, like got a, a, he's got a disgusted <laughs> look on his face, like he's going to touch touch it and get cooties or something. Oh, all right, there's like a Jane Austen book. There's some. Like, I think there's a photo album. There's like a elephant, a little elephant thing, a, a genie's lamp. It does not go with the other shelves. Oh, uh, so she's not sticking to a theme. Like, it's just all random things that are put in there. Well, they're that kind are, of random. She likes. I do have to be careful. She is a big fan of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you told me you were furious about it. At the time, I was furious. So she didn't ask? This was oh, no, it was it definitely out. asked because her other shelf needed to be vacated for some board games. So Where uh, was her other shelf, though? Behind the couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was barely visible. <laughs> I just thought the reader, uh, listeners, listeners a... needed to know that. Well, today we are back with a, a we are sort of slightly rejigging our format. Uh, we have decided to do a round we of favourites. So we send each other a big long list of things that we really enjoy, and then we from those lists we decided we picked those that one of us hadn't 
seen or done before. So for the next three episodes, believe it or not, listeners, we have four episodes already lined up for you. So I think you'll get minimum four podcasts again this year. We should say we've got four organized when yeah. we follow through. It's another question. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Uh, so we're starting today with something off your list, Aiden. Uh, tell us about this film and why you love it, when you loved it for the first time, all that sort of stuff. <clears throat> well, as the bad boy of the podcast, yes. Uh- <laughs> Uh, 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 yeah, so I love everything to do with Will Smith. I'm obsessed with Will Smith. I love his music. I love his movies. I love his life choices. Gemini Man? <clears throat> yeah, really enjoyed it. Okay. I, I genuine. No, no, no. I, Suicide Squad? With all sincerity. Yeah, loved it. After Earth? Ah, look, there's always going to be anomalies and um, some, you know, you know, you can't have all hits. But um, I think he's somebody that has managed to create a huge career and done bits of almost everything. He's done dramas that will make you cry. He's done hilarious comedies. He's done action films. He's done cartoon voices and whatever. Like, I, I, I love him. Do you see everything he does in cinema? Uh, not absolutely everything. I did miss Gemini Man. Oh. Uh, but everything else I've seen, uh, in, you know, oh, mostly, mostly. I like it, you know, I've got a kid and... What's he done kids, that will make you cry? <laughs> um, Seven Pounds is beautiful. Um, Pursuit of Happiness? Pursuit of that Happiness as well. Those, like those two are both like just gut-wrenching, um, hearts, strings pulling and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Uh, so Bad Boys, I saw, I think... I, obviously, I saw Fresh Prince first, like the TV show that was on almost every afternoon as I came home from school. Um, and then it would have been Men in Black would have been the first film I saw him in. And then I went back and saw Independence Day and Bad Boys. Mm. So that would have been in, I want to say, late primary school, early high school, somewhere around that era. Yeah. Eden, is this the first time for you, or am I just the first time? No, I think it could be the first time for me. There are a few. There's like a lot of a lot of lines in it that seem familiar, but I think I just saw them in like ads for the movie. It's been on, on TV, TV a lot. A lot yeah, yeah. Um, I think I have seen Bad Boys too, oh. but I don't really have any memory of it. Okay, so we've sort of got two first timers here today. Hmm. Um, anything else you want to say about the film before we do the official uh, summarization for the listener? Well, I sh- I don't want to persuade too much because I honestly haven't chatted to either of you. I don't know yeah. what your opinions are, but it's a 24-year-old film. Um, so let's just throw that out oh, there. You're already laying a little bit of uh, groundwork for revisionist uh, viewing. <laughs> no, I just think like action films don't date as well because it relies on the CGI and stunts and stuff, and obviously that department has come a long way. Film-wise, I still think it holds up. But anyway, go for it, Dan. Get into it. Break my little heart. (laughs) 1995's Bad Boys was the major film breakout vehicle for its stars, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, helping launch both into... Well, definitely stardom for Smith, and I guess something akin to stardom for Lawrence. The movie follows the police detective buddy pairing of Mike Lowry, Smith, and Marcus Burnett, Lawrence, who are tasked with finding one 
$100 million of heroin that has been stolen from uh, the police lockup in their department. Uh, stakes are raised when internal affairs threaten to shut down their entire department, believing that it could be an inside job. And the emotional heft is brought when Mike's prostitute girlfriend and her co-worker attend to a client connected to the gangsters who stole the heroin. The girlfriend is shot dead, leaving Mike and Marcus to take care of the prostitute friend Julie, who escaped, played by Taylor Leone, and find the baddies and the heroine. Matters are complicated even further when in order to gain the trust of Julie, Martin Lawrence's Marcus has to pretend to be Will Smith's character Mike. Oh, the hijinks that ensue. <laughs> Eventually, the three of them blast their way around a bunch of locations, survive some close calls, and banter for long enough for the film to reach its end point of Michael Bay-styled explosions, violence, and a final death scene underwritten by even more banter. Bad Boys was a decent success at the box office, nabbing $141 million from its pretty paltry $19 million budget. It spawned a sequel... Eight years later, Bad Boys 2, and a third film coming out this January. Critics were not as enraptured by the movie, though. Many calling it predictable and poorly written. Though they did find praise for the lead actors and some of the action set pieces. But of course, we know that the words of the critic mean nothing here tonight, where it's all about our opinions. So what are you going to do when the bad boys come for you? Are you going to enjoy a thrilling buddy cop comedy? Or are you going to ask them to put you out of your misery with a well-placed bullet to the brain? Eden. I found it pretty average. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I definitely didn't hate it. But I really didn't love it. I, I don't know. I, I, it was a Michael Bay movie... But I thought it was a good Michael Bay movie yeah, well, compared to his other crap. <laughs> I would say that as well because I haven't watched it in a long time and I started watching it and his name came up and I was like, oh, I thought it was Jerry Bruckheimer and it is. Yeah. It's his production but it's also Michael Bay. And I only know Michael Bay from those terrible like Transformers, Transformers yeah. and Ninja Turtles and ruining all my childhood um, <laughs> on the big screen. Yeah. But this didn't have as much Michael Bayness to it. it exactly. Doesn't, it doesn't chop and charge really abrasively. The end, obviously, like you said in your monologue uh, there, it does have that big explosion over the topness, but it's kind of what the film was after. It needed to end big. Anyway. Yeah. I didn't think <laughs> I didn't think it was too Michael Bay-ish. No. But I also didn't feel like there... Like, I know, I felt like throughout the film, I was kind of just like plodding along like I wasn't I wasn't sort of like oh my god the stakes are so high like mm. it's not it wasn't super gripping like uh, it, it actually visually reminded me uh, visually and the music and sort of the setting all kind of remind run, reminded me of speed um it had like a speed vibe but none of the like drive is it some of the coloring <laughs> I think yeah, the coloring yellowy... in Miami yeah yeah, yeah. Very yellow, sun-drenched yeah. sort of vibe. And everyone's sweating the whole way through yeah. the film in the <laughs> yeah. same way in speed, like the, with the... Um, yeah. The intensity. opening, like, title and, like, the credits and stuff at the beginning were all, like, block letters, like, just, like, really bold, kind of speed-esque. I don't know, it just felt like speed, but not as good as speed. Like, it didn't feel as <laughs> punchy and drivey and, like, the stakes didn't feel too, too high. Yeah, really? that was my problem with the movie as well, that... Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked the pairing of Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. They were great. Yeah. I, pretty I, good. That's the winner of the film, clearly. Yeah. The, but... chem the chemistry between these two relatively unknown actors at the time, as far as Hollywood blockbusters go anyway. My reasons to care 
about the film, about the plot of finding the heroine just felt so non-existent. Yeah. Like, my, my biggest problem with it is, is that you, it, the heroine gets stolen in, you know, the second scene or something, and then they're in the police station the next day, and you find out that it is some heroin that these cops got from a previous bust, but you never saw that bust, so mm. you don't care that they had the heroine, mm. so you don't then care that the heroine has gone missing, and there's no... The, the big bad guy is just a very generic Eastern European bad guy <laughs> with no backstory, no connection to the characters. He's such a paper-thin, two-dimensional person that my reason to want these two very likable cops to succeed just wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There was no, there was no reason to kind of keep going. Although, that said, loved that ending explosion yeah. stuff. I thought that that action sequence was really fun because there were so many, like, cheesy one-liners. It started becoming a little bit more fun. Like, a little bit more, I don't know, energetic. Yeah, I I, I think you're right. There's a big chunk in the middle where it's just sort of, like, plodding along and they almost use uh, over-the-top violence to sort of raise the stakes a bit, just give you a little adrenaline pump because it's plodding along too much, and then, oh, all of a sudden we're seeing a guy shot point blank right in the face yeah. um, and and that sort of wakes you up but it's it, you're right it doesn't build as much as it should it's really just oh the last 15 minutes bam yeah. it's not well written and my the depth of my Wikipedia <laughs> research told me that Michael Bay also didn't think it was well written and so he encouraged uh, you know Smith and Lawrence to improvise as much as possible because he was like these lines suck the script sucks like you guys make something of it and so, yeah, and I, but I think, you know, the writing of it isn't just the problem with the dialogue. It just, it's just not there. Like, yeah. The, it, yeah, it's just so shallow a film. And like, to me, it immediately makes me think of Beverly Hills Cop and Lethal Weapon. And I think both of those, to me, are well and truly uh, better films. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree, but for, there's something cooler about this, whereas Lethal Weapon's very daggy. Like, do, do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, they, these are two guys where, you, like, this, I don't know, there's something cool where I'm like, oh, I, like, I like those guys. Like, they're fun. Like, I... As a, like, especially as a kid, watching it as a kid, I was like, oh, I want to be them. They're cool. I am, I'm actually fascinated that you said that, yeah, it was like a thing that you saw when you were young. Because I thought, as I was watching it, I bet that you saw this young yeah. and have that, like, connection. Yes. Yeah, it yeah. felt like, because I feel like if I had seen it when I was young, I would have I would have done the same thing. I would have been like, yeah, this is, like, fun. Yeah. I yeah. remember seeing Speed young as well. <laughs> Am I right in saying that Tia Leone hadn't really done much up to this point either? Was this sort of her launching a bit? Maybe. I would think so. Yeah. Which would say that all three main people in the film are all unknown, yeah. really. Like, Will Smith had only done Fresh Prince. Martin Lawrence hadn't done any of his big mama's houses <laughs> or any of that sort of stuff. <laughs> and I don't think Tia Leone had really that. done much more than some X-Files episodes and stuff. Big Mama's House is probably, sadly, the highlight. <laughs> Of his non-bad boys filmography. Which... As in, like, his other successes. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. probably his next most Mama's success, right? There? Oh, like, there was Twelve. at least three. <laughs> I, I get them confused with Nutty Professors. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're pretty similar. <laughs> 
It also had uh, Joe Pantoliano as like the chi- like the police chief, and I love that guy. He's yes. really good. He's I'd, so good. He's... I like the way you just hit that name. Pantoliano. Did you know his name? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I recognized him, but I would never know his name. I saw the first time I saw him. I th- I saw him in the Matrix movies, but didn't really flag him until I saw him in Memento. The oh yeah, um, yeah, Chris Nolan movie. Yep. Um, and I, he was just so good in that movie, so now whenever I see him, it's like, oh, love this guy. Well, apart from Smith and Lawrence, he's the only character that sort of continues through the franchise. Oh, he's really? in the second one, and he's in the third one as well. Well, oh, cool. it's not out yet, but you can see him in the trailer, you know. Is this the only time you've seen him play a good guy? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was almost expecting when they were like, it's an inside job, because I've only oh, ever seen him as a villain. Away. I was like, oh, well, it's probably this villainous <laughs> yeah. police chief. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Typecast. <laughs> that guy from Sopranos there. <laughs> I kind of am re- No, yeah, I'm really sick of that trope of the police chief that just pointlessly busts the detective balls. I will never get sick of that uh, trope. It's one of my favourite things. But it's kind of like, like You like, two, get in here! Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, they'll have like ten gangsters like shooting at them with bazookas and the police chief will be, look at the mess you two made! Yeah. Yeah. Like it's their fault. Love it. The Love mayor's it. angry with all the destruction. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. I got the mayor up my ass! Yeah. <laughs> okay, I like that yeah. line. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best line. That wasn't in this film. Yeah. That, would, that would give it a higher rating at the end. I heard that line. <laughs> I've heard that the second Bad Boys is phenomenal, though. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah, I feel like if I, I had a friend uh, in high school, and she was just like, "We're skipping the first one. We're not even going to watch the first one. We're just going straight to the second one." So I think I've seen it, but I, like I said, I have no memory of it. Well, the thing I would say is it's a bigger budget, and there's there's more like. I would guess that this would be a risky film for the production company at yeah. the time because they are all unknowns and they probably wouldn't have given them as much money as in the second one. They're like, oh, Will Smith, he can't do anything wrong at the moment. Yes, give him all the money. <laughs> Take the monies. Um, and it shows. Like, there's yeah. the scenes in it are pretty incredible. Yeah. Did either of you get onto the Wikipedia page for this film? I had a, a squiz. Did you see who this film was originally written for? Oh, yeah, like oh, John Lovitz. John Lovitz. Oh, wow. And another SNL guy, wasn't it? Like... Dana Carvey. Oh. <laughs> and it wasn't called Bad Boys because they're obviously two white dorks. <laughs> it was called Bulletproof Hearts. <laughs> well, there is Bulletproof, isn't there? Wasn't that um, Adam hearts. Sandler and... Uh... Bulletproof. Yeah. Oh, the other guy. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's yeah. connected. I don't know. Uh, That's um, a terrible film right there, I, Bulletproof Hearts. I wouldn't mind seeing it. <laughs> I like John Lovitz. I do not like Dana Carvey. I do not like Dana He's Dana horrible. Yeah. Outside of Wayne's World, anything I've seen that guy do is just like scratch your eyes out. What back. else has he done apart from Jimmy Fallon and um, interviews over the last 10 years? Uh. He did this film about some guy that was a master of disguise. Oh. Basically just as a way for him to wasn't wear, it, like, so many different that costumes. That was a kid's film, Wasn't it though? called The Master of Disguise? Maybe, I think maybe. it was called that. Yeah. It was disgustingly bad. Like, I was basically yeah. a, just a bit older than a kid when I saw it, and I was like, well, this is I think that was meant for trash. 10-year-olds, though. No, but even for them, it's no good. I actually don't think it was. I think it was meant to be a mainstream, oh, okay. like, decent comedy, and, you know, people are writing it offers, oh, this is for 10-year-olds. <laughs> My 10-year-old will love this. And the 10-year-old's like, oh, yuck. <laughs> yeah, so Bulletproof Hearts. I looked up what else the writer had done because I, you know, was interested in 
him. Uh, not much. No. The next thing uh, he did after this was something called Sea Spot Run. And I just want you to. I just want to read you the synopsis. Sea <laughs> Spot Run is a 2001 comedy film about a mailman who takes in a stray bull mastiff, uh, only to learn that he is a trained FBI dog uh. that has escaped from a witness protection program. <laughs> And is targeted for killing by a crime boss. <laughs> so it's not like Spot goes on holidays and Spot goes to the beach. Like, That's what I thought. That I was like, yeah. He wrote a Spot book, like a, <laughs> the lift up flap sort of thing. No, he wrote a movie about a dog in witness uh. protection that escapes and is being hunted by a gangster. So right. is the dog going to like identify the gangster by like sniffing and barking at him or something? <laughs> like that's the idea? Oh, that is terrible. Oh. So I think when Michael Bay was like, this movie is not well written, I think he might have had something. Yeah. yeah. This guy was not a genius. Yeah. But it makes me interested, like, because I thought the, like, the look of the movie, the feel of the movie... Was good. Like, it yeah. was, like narratively, there wasn't much to it. Yeah. Um, and like, it, it makes me think. Like Michael Bay can do a decent film, probably. Bad Boys Two, I've heard, is great. Yeah. Well, he's involved in Bad Boys Two. I, I think I'm pretty sure he directed yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. He he did not direct the new one that is coming out. Really? This year. Yeah, I know that much. Yeah. Oh I wow! Sure. I didn't realize. I don't think, and I th- I heard the issue always was in doing a third one. In that, by the time they got around to doing that, his fees as a director were so high, and Will Smith's you know paycheck as an actor is so high that one they or the couldn't other. really Lawrence, have both. Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Martin's like, hey guys, yeah. I'll I'll run catering. I'll do anything. Get me on the set. Oh, if you've seen the trailer, he's done a lot of catering. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to fat shame you, Martin Lawrence. Big Lawrence house. <laughs> he doesn't need the fat suit anymore. <laughs> That's the tagline for the new <laughs> Oh, okay. See, I didn't realise that Michael Bay wasn't directing the third one. How do you feel about that, being a huge fan of the... Nah, see, films? I'm not a Michael Bay fan. Like, yeah. I hate it. I don't hate him. I'm sure he's a lovely guy, but I, I haven't really enjoyed his films over yeah. the last sort of 10 years or so. So I'm not phased by that. As long as it's got the main actors, I'm sweet. Are you excited for it? Can't wait. Cannot nice. wait. Got premiere tickets for the uh, event next week. Dan's going to come with me. You coming? You coming? I felt really pressured by that because I felt like when you <laughs> offered it to me, it did feel a little bit conditional on liking you have to the lie. first film. And so I was well, like, you, ooh, you got to see the second before you see the third. Do I? I, don't yeah. think, I don't think you do. <laughs> I think you'll pick it up pretty quickly. I think I got it. Mutual but, friend of ours, Dan, but, did say you got to watch the second one. But number two is really good and I would say it's better than the first. Yeah. I did not like the first enough to watch number two. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not running out to see I don't the want second. to see all three Bad Boys films in the space of a week is what I'm saying. Like, bad Boys for life, baby! <laughs> High five! Yeah, thank you. Uh, should we just get to the scores? I feel like <laughs> that might just give me an opportunity to get some more things off my chest. <laughs> uh, I, you can, but I just want to ask one more question. Is mm. Tia Leone in the new one? No, she doesn't continue with the... At all? Like she's not in number no. two? She no, didn't, no, no. They didn't bring her back? No. Nah. That's a bummer. It's funny because at the end, they they sort of all sit there like they're a team, but yeah, yeah no, she's not in it. Clearly oh. that was the plan at the end of one that maybe she would continue, right? Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, eight years later, things change. Yeah, I, I did realize. think it was a little funny when she's the surviving one. So that the two, Mike's girlfriend, the... Uh, the also black prostitute goes 
uh, and then goes with Tay Leone. So, you know, black girl, white girl walk in there. And I'm like, they killed the black girl. I'm like, this seems like, like racism. Like they're like, we can't have the three leads all be black. We got to kill the black girl and get a white girl in there to widen up this film a bit. I reckon that's the discussion in the producer's room. Am I wrong? 1995. Come on. Come on. Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah. Sadly, probably true. All right. Let's get to the scores. Let's do it. Let's recommend some things. You've had months to get yourself organized. Eden? Wait, That's right. Wait, what? Wait, wait, wait. What? I'm going to jump in here. I have a question for you both before we each throw out our recommendations. How many episodes of the podcast have we done so far, Timekeeper Dan? Or, 26. Or headmaster Ooh. or whatever we're calling you. 26? Okay, so that's 26 things that each of us have recommended. How many of my recommendations and Dan's recommendations have you checked out, Eden? And I ask the same question hmm. to you, Dan. <laughs> All right. I think I would have checked out one or two. What, any come to mind? Uh, maybe a podcast, Dan, that you recommended. I know you checked something high. out of yeah. from me. <laughs> Dirty John. Dirty John. You got into Dirty, I like Dirty John, John after yeah. I recommended it in this studio. And yourself, Dan? Because um, I was just thinking about it. I was like, we throw out these recommendations for listeners of the podcast, but if we're not even <laughs> checking out the things we're recommending, what hope are we got for our listeners? It's true. It's true. It's hard to remember now. I can't remember all 26. I think feel like you guys snuck in an extra one or two somewhere along oh, the line. Okay, oh, so you yeah, were a real yeah. recommend two things a week kind of guy <laughs> well, that's, for a while. That's that's a, more in your favour. No, You've got no, no, like 28 That turned me off all of your recommendations, <laughs> your willful disregard. Well, I can say that I have checked out Barry because of Oh, Eden. great. Yeah, yeah hated nice. it. Oh. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, I watched the whole first season. I was like, well, that was a waste of time. What? Yeah. It's such a good show. Yeah, I wasn't uh, and watched uh, Dead to Me. Yeah, what do you think? Loved it. Couldn't uh, stop go. watching it. There you go. Dan's yeah, recommendations <laughs> are always better, that listeners. What? That's the moral of the story. You like Barry? <laughs> I like Barry. But, you know, Barry, only 50% hit rate. Uh, my, my Dead recommend- to Me's running at 100. My recommendations are a little bit more uh, cultured, maybe. To be fair, the Wolverine podcast that you recommended right when we started, I reckon. Oh, I, remember, I did recommend that. I didn't like. So, uh, oh. look, you both got misses and <laughs> hits and whatever. Like but I'm just saying. pictures sa- to entertain yourself. I'm with. just saying, I'm just saying <laughs> that um, I do check out your recommendations. Oh, nice. yeah, you normally just recommend, like, Norwegian girl punk bands, like, she bitched the second or something, and I, it's not really my thing. <laughs> to be fair to Dan, it was slut face, and <laughs> and and they are and they are from yes around that region. I can't remember exactly, uh, and they're brilliant. But let's look. That's not my recommendation. So do you want us to do recommendations? <laughs> no, no, no. I definitely this... do. I do. I just thought it was worth discussing. I was just you want more acknowledgement it. of? Your no, I own... just I just was thinking. You know, w- what hope do I have for any of our listeners to even check out my recommendations? That ne- then if my two co-hosts won't even bother. But anyway, continue on. Maybe we could get listeners to post on. <laughs> our like social media stuff if they check something out yeah have you checked anything out that we have ever recommended uh to you hit us up on instagram yeah put a little uh get in our dms or just comment on the most recent post so before i cut you off eden (laughs) what are you recommending that i will be checking out this week okay well i want you to check out uh the new series the witcher on netflix now it's a fantasy uh series based on a series of books 
Um, there have, of course, been several video games. You've read based... the books? I have not read the books. Well, okay. I watched the series and then went away and read the first book. I didn't okay. know there were books. I thought it was based on a video game. So I was going to... I was on the fence yeah. of whether to watch it or not because I was like, oh, based on a video game. That'd Is be there terrible. enough yeah. actual material there to... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's really good. I, uh... I really enjoyed the fact, like, I'm not a huge fantasy guy when the world is too kind of detailed and sprawling. I like little sort of personal stories. Okay. That's kind of what The Witcher does. It's about uh, a guy who hunts monsters. So it's kind of, yeah, light. Did you like Game of Thrones? <laughs> I, it took a while for me to get into Game of Thrones because the world was far too, like, too detailed. I wanted, I wanted an individual's story, and then I could maybe build the world from that character. Okay, so if I like something, I'll like this? Well, I would say if you liked Game of Thrones, you okay. might like this one. But, yeah, I don't know. It's fairly unique. Is there as much nudity? There's a little bit of nudity. Okay, no, I don't ask. <laughs> I don't say that because I, there was too much in Game of Thrones for me. It, that threw me off. No, there's, there's less nudity. Aiden, okay. what was that website that used to tell you exactly when nude no, scenes were in films? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking. Oh, about. you totally do. That is so you. <laughs> no, I honestly don't. Um, but anyway, Dan, what was your recommendation? <laughs> My recommendation is a uh, another podcast this week. It's called I Spy, and it's just uh, a My podcast. son loves that. My three-year-old. <laughs> yeah, it's just two guys playing I Spy as they road trip. It's really yeah, on a podcast, so you can never yeah, see what they're exactly. spying. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the excitement. The audio medium what may could not that be for them. Be? <laughs> potato farm. They're driving past a potato farm. Wow. Uh, no, it's just it's actual like proper spies from the CIA or uh, Mossad or whatever agency they happen to work for, uh, KGB, and they just tell their story. So I assume it's done in interview format, but I like that you don't actually hear any of the interview questions. It just sounds like the spy they cut that stuff out. telling you their story. Yeah. And it's really, it's really tense and exciting and fun in its own way as you just learn about what real spy life is like. Wow. The actual dangers, but also, you know, sometimes, you know, obviously not as, you know, out there and sexy as James Bond, but still... Very entertaining. Ooh, wow. How long do they go for? 20 to 30 minutes. Oh, that so is great. Digestible. Yeah. And do they put in like all the, the sound effects of like, I was walking along and it... Nah, <laughs> not a like lot of sound the, effect work. The Maybe siren just... was in the background. <laughs> no, no, no. No voiceover work where you hear a crummy Russian accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, very simple editing. Maybe a little bit of atmospheric music, but that's about it. Cool. Okay. What uh, do you got? My recommendation is also a podcast this week. Uh, now, this one came out a little while ago, but because we haven't recorded in so long, this is my recommendation. And I think you'll find it's still sitting in the new and noteworthy section on iTunes as of the day we're recording. I don't know how quickly Dan's going to edit this and get it out, but... Um, <laughs> March? <laughs> today, it is still sitting in there. Uh, it's called Inside the Big Day Out, and it's a five-part documentary series of the beginnings and ends of the Big Day Out. And it works its way through and they chat to different bands that played. They chat to the promoters. They chat to um, people behind the scenes that worked on the management of the whole thing. They go through how it began and how it evolved. They go through how different bands tried to rip them off. They go <laughs> through the death of the girl that died in the mosh pit um, at the Limp Biscuit wow. um, gig and how that affected 
goings on. It's fascinating and intriguing. And for anyone that grew up in the 90s or early 2000s in Australia and went to a big day out, um, it's amazing. So good to listen to. I may not have ever have taken up any of your recommendations, <laughs> but I have listened to that also, and I want to double recommend it. I want to undergird Ooh. your recommendation with my own <laughs> approval. Some more girth. Give it some more girth. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good, though. It makes you feel like you are actually there. And, um, yeah, there's a whole lot of stories behind the scenes that you wouldn't know as an average punter. For instance, if I can give you one little bit... Um, there was one year where they were trying to get this big headliner uh, and it was uh, Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam had this big concert over in America where they had somebody die at the front of their concert because of people rushing towards the stage and they pulled out. They said, "I don't want to. we don't want to play festivals again, ever again, essentially. They mm-hmm. have gone on to play them. And so they pulled out and then Limp Biscuit filled their spot at the big day out wow. and then the same thing happened and it's like... I wouldn't say it's a spooky coincidence. There's a lot more to it, but yeah, fascinating. Yeah. So yeah, check it out. It's good. iPhone test. Hit me, Aiden. Uh, pretty good. I'm not going to say it's perfect because it, it it's a 90s film. And like we said, there's big chunks in the middle that sort of plod along. I'm going to give it a three and a half. It's got a really solid beginning, really solid end. There's a bit in the middle where I was going, oh, what else have I seen him in and looking up IMDb and stuff? It was that bit in the middle that yeah. really had me on my phone, like just going through IMDb yeah. and just... Uh, I, I'm going to go for iPhone test one. Ooh. Yeah, I was on I was on the phone a lot in the end. Uh, not the end of the film. End of the film, great. I was like, oh, fantastic. We're getting somewhere. Prior to that, I was, yeah. I was phoning. Yeah, I'm going to give it a one and a half. Also very much on my phone. I actually got... The end didn't bring it back for me. There's some I funny was, lines in there. I can't yeah, remember there any of them. Yeah, funny lines, but... <laughs> the I, end is so good. I need, to, I need a reason to care about the good guys winning. I'd and give like it up I said, with that. <laughs> the villain was terrible. I did laugh when they rolled out what looked like the ultimate villain at the end. He was like, oh, he yes. was the guy buying yeah, the yeah. drugs and he was, <laughs> he was in this white suit. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He looked amazing. He kind of looked like a, like a pimped out John Favreau or whatever yeah. his name is. Yeah, 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 like, this yeah. guy's incredible. To be fair, the outfits that Will and Martin Lawrence are wearing at the beginning of the film as well, like they're wearing like these bright blue jackets <laughs> over um, black jeans and stuff. Like they've all got pretty good 90s yeah. fashion in it. <laughs> yeah, I liked the first scene of the film a lot. That, that was very good. That was where my hope was highest when, you know, the two guys try and carjack them mm. and they're arguing about, you know, Martin Lawrence eating fries in Will Smith's car and that. I was like, but this is going to be good. And then it was steep. bit of a nosedive from there for me. Um, yeah. I didn't like... I didn't like all the stuff about Martin Lawrence character having to pretend to be Will Smith's character. That no, just went that, on yeah. and on and on and wasn't funny. It and... felt like more of a plot line that you do in film two or three once you'd got to know the characters a bit better. And, and you've run and out of tra- ideas. Yeah, but, but also like you know their personality <laughs> traits and stuff whereas mm. I didn't feel like we knew the characters as well yet at that point. But it would also probably be funnier in the next one where Martin Lawrence is a, just a fat regular looking guy and Will Smith <laughs> is still Will Smith. Yeah. That would be yeah. funnier. Like <laughs> They, they weren't that dissimilar to yeah. me. I was like, he's not as much of a nerd as this film is making him <laughs> out to be. True. Anyway. 
But knowing that that was probably written for Dana Carvey and John Lovitz, John Lovitz pretending to be Dana Carvey, wow. (laughs) Now that's comedy gold. I need to say, you keep saying Lovitz. Is it Lovitz or Lovitz? Lovitz. Lovitz. I've always said Lovitz. I've said Lovitz. I don't don't know know what to say. Lovitz. I just wasn't sure. I'm I'm probably very wrong. I'll I'll concede. Lovitz. I think so. Let's go, love it. So. Sorry, listeners, if that's been triggering you <laughs> yeah, as we uh, as you drive along. Uh, cultural significance, now, Aiden. I I want to throw a question out to you. Am I right in saying that this is the first buddy comedy where they're both Ooh. two black guys? Mm. There's definitely buddy comedies before this. Definitely You've got but the Dean I, Martin ones. I can't think of any that are two. Black guys. Yeah, maybe not as mainstream. Like, there might have been sort of black exploitation sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But- uh, and, and some, like, I'm sure there was this, whatever the equivalent of straight to DVD or whatever, like some just stuff that production houses pumped out. But big Hollywood blockbuster, I can't think of one that was prior to this with two main guys being black. I feel like it was a big risk for the company at the time. Hmm. You yeah, think you think about it like other b- famous buddy comedies. You yeah. got Turner and Hooch. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Started with Turner and Hooch. <laughs> Tango and Cash. Oh yeah, <laughs> Lethal Weapon. You know. Um, yeah. So I would say from that perspective, it's kind of pretty significant. It's also the launching of Will Smith's career. Is it that significant though? When you've had the huge success of the Beverly Hills Cop movies, where it's essentially just Eddie Murphy's, you know, yeah. vehicle. And it's just, here's a black guy. He's the lead. Come watch this film. You know, like adding a second one in there. Is it that big a risk? Um, look, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just looking back on history and going, was it, was it not? I could mm. be wrong. I was only eight or something. Yeah, I'm happy to concede older. it for now. I couldn't yeah. think of any others. Yeah. Listeners, if you know of any other buddy Buddy drama, dr- buddy comedies. Yeah, buddy comedies. Yeah. You know, like buddy cop films. That sort of, you know, like the the two guys. They they got one liners throughout the whole film, and there's explosions going off every five minutes. Yeah. Put yeah. it onto Instagram. Um, that said, what's your score? And, for... and I would also throw it out there as well that it's Will Smith's first big blockbuster. Lots, lots of uh, lo- cushioning this. <laughs> no, I actually think it's really significant. I would, I would put go it out with there. a five. No, I'm putting it. Up, I'm giving it a four. Okay. Whoa, I do think. Yeah, it launched his career. I think the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air launched his career, no, right? he was a TV actor. Yeah. There's a big but difference. destined, I think. Back in the 90s, there was a big difference. It was a huge jump. No TV actors made it onto yeah, the, the big screen back yeah. then. I know these days the lines are blurred yeah. completely, but back then it was a big difference. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I, I'm giving it three for cultural significance. I thought that there were some familiar lines in there. It started a franchise. Mm. Like, it's... And, yeah, you know, Will Smith was great in it. There was, like, some cultural significance. You look at the films that follow as well for him. It's, like, Independence Day was the year after. Yeah. Men in Black was the year after that. Yeah, it's definitely it was, got, like, like a, yeah. a ramp up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a three as well. I would think that the ones that followed are greater in the significance. Definitely. I think Men in Black... And Independence Day definitely have more cultural significance than Bad Boys. So, yeah, I'll give it a three. It's definitely something I've been very aware of in mm. life, but does it have much currency? Well, maybe we'll see with the uh, the success or not of the new film. Uh, returnability? Uh, again, I'll give it a four. 
I, I've watched it a few times. I've watched the second one a few times, and I <laughs> cannot wait for number three next week. I'm pumped. So it has to be a four for me. No surprise. No, yeah. Think, yeah. It's not a five. You're a fan. <laughs> it's not a five because it's not my favourite Will Smith film. There well, I think with this next that. run of films, we've all picked something we really like. Yeah. I think we're going to have some of skewing of the scores with, you know, personal bias. Oh, definitely. Uh, I'm going for a one with returnability, though. I, 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 I don't, that's not... A, I would never watch it again. That's a zero. One is... Uh, I'll watch it if I have to. <laughs> if it's on and someone else is like insisting that we watch it, I'll sit in the room and play on my phone. <laughs> this is not your style of film at all, though. Is no, it? but the thing is, like, and like, I, I love a good action movie. I, I, I feel like this one just didn't capture me like some others did. And not only that, like, because you mentioned a few times that like CGI in the '90s mm. is a bit, bit tough, but. I, that never really phases me too much. Like, and that was never my problem with the movie. Oh, I only threw it out there because that kind of thing phases me. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'll, I'll happily watch like a gritty 70s action movie where also nothing happens, but like the characters are rich or the narrative is there. And like I said, I, I love Speed. I think Speed is phenomenal. And how about the film? Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I, I feel like that was made in the same era, yeah. and I thought it was really good. I just didn't think this got there. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I can't give it a zero, because I like the performances mm. of Will Smith and Martin Lawrence enough. So that carries it for me. You can just enjoy their charisma and whatever. But if it wasn't them, and if it was just two random people that didn't bring much, I'd probably give this film a zero. For returnability, but I liked what they did, and I'm happy to see them maybe get a better meat and potatoes to put their magic on uh, with the third one. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to give it a one as well. Partner friendliness. Well, well, so, so are you coming next week? Well, you? am I still invited? I'm not sure yet. I'm waiting to see if you rescind the invitation before the end of the podcast. <laughs> um, to your point, I I also would give it a zero if there was different actors in it. You know what I mean? Like like. Uh, I've said it from the beginning, like, I love it because of those two and the chemistry between mm. them. Anyway, um, Partner Friendly, my wife watched it with me. She enjoyed it. She did, I wrote down this, she said at one point in the film, um, they're all very sweaty in this film, aren't they? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's yes, too they sweaty. That's <laughs> Miami. Everyone sweats in Miami. <laughs> Do you think they have to fake that on set? They're I think like, this so. film's set in Miami. Let's get some heat lamps in here. <laughs> they're, they're filming in Vancouver. <laughs> um, I think partner friendly. Uh, gee, it's a very guyish type film. Probably a two. I don't think it's a zero. Like my wife enjoyed it, but it's definitely not her go-to film by any means. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Like, it is, like, a very sort of guy kind of film. Testosterone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was also tossing up between, like, two and three, because I think it's also, it's fairly inoffensive. Like, you know, I feel like everyone, anyone could sit down and just be like, yeah, this is a, just a fun movie. It's not a terrible date night film, yeah. No, no, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go three. Yeah, I think the comedy action buddy cop thing is as partner-friendly as action film gets. Like, if you want to watch an action film and it has some comedy in it, that's often how you can get uh, the partner involved as a a man. Uh, So I'm going to go two. I think it's sort of in the right genre, just not that enjoyable uh, for me or a partner. (laughs) (laughs) 
Wait, next week when we go, are you my partner in that scenario? <laughs> I'm definitely your partner in that scenario because you're the one hyped to see it and I'm the one like, oh, I guess a film premiere is nice. I'll go. Um, I really, really hope you take a book, a little reading light. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, I've ordered some Will Smith um, apparel that's arriving in the mail this week. Have you uh, really? It's a Fresh Prince hoodie. Um, you already have a Fresh Prince button-up shirt. <laughs> that's true, but a I'm waiting. Prince. I'm waiting for the hoodie. Um, uh, that it's it's Fresh Pr- No, it's it's Bel Air Academy. As if I went to the same school as Will Smith in the TV show. Um, <laughs> apparently, according to the postman, it's arriving tomorrow. So I can't. I'm, I'm going to be wearing that next week. I'm going to go to an op shop <laughs> and just try and find an old uh, Bad Boys brand hoodie and just see if anyone connects the dots. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a little break while we tally up those numbers. <laughs> We'll return after these messages. Why are women so happy about new Tickle antiperspirant? Is it because Tickle is the first roll-on with a big, wide ball? (laughs) Is it because Tickle comes in four fresh fragrances? (laughs) Or is it because Tickle helps keep you dry all day? Make yourself happy. Staying drier is nicer with a little tickle. <laughs> the scores are in. But before we get to the score for oh, Bad Boys, I'm on the edge of my, oh my seat. God. <laughs> I finally got around to like properly doing a leaderboard for everything we've ever scored. Uh, in 2020, oh it's all about professionalism. We're up in our game. So if you're listening at home, you've listened to a bunch of our pods, I'm going to go through the leaderboard for you so you can sort of see where this fits in. Top of the leaderboard, 45. I'm going to round uh, numbers here because when we have guests, there's you get really long decimals because we have to divide by a yeah. number and it gets complicated. <laughs> Maths. 45 points, Groundhog Day, number one. 44, The Shining, ahead of uh, uh, Tootsie, ahead of Professional Wrestling on 41. Rounding up the top five, Curb Your Enthusiasm on uh, 40. Below that, in sixth place, The Warriors, then Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Forrest Gump, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Twilight, Dirty Harry at uh, number 12, equal with Dungeons and Dragons role-playing. Uh, spot 14 is The Room, 15, The Breakfast Club. Now, now we're getting into the 20s, so the scores are just dropping a bit here. Rambo, First Blood, Jaws, below that, Romper Stomper, Blade Runner, just ahead of Enya, and then below Enya, uh, on 17 and a half points, we have Tidying Up with Marie Kondo, and then into the chaff of the podcast, and I will give these points in full. Seven points, Cruel Intentions. (laughs) Six and a half points, Gladiator. I'd forgotten that we'd hated that so much. I thought one of us would have enjoyed it. No, No, it was was terrible. terrible. Five and a half points, Limp Biscuit. And I reckon it might have been six and a half if I was here for that episode. It's the only one I've missed. What's the lowest rated thing that we've done? Can you dredge your memories, I sirs? I think I might remember. Is it Cruel Intentions? Have we already said that? No, we've said that one. That was on seven, 23rd place. I didn't include our Hot Pilates episode, by the way. We removed uh. it because it's such a, such a different ranking system. It had whole different categories. That's right, yeah. Uh, on 3.75 points, 
the absolute classic Mac and Yeah, Man. that's oh, what yes. I thought. Yes, of course. <laughs> and today, slotting in half a point below Enya <gasps> is Bad Boys on 23 points. Enya beat Bad Boys. Uh, 2.875 points behind Blade Runner. Yeah, not as good as Blade Runner. Do you know what? what not. As good as Blade Runner. Do you know what's funny is that we've rated a person. Like, everything else on the ranking is, like, a thing. But that's a person, Enya? Like, we're rating her as a person. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't consider her music. We were just like, uh, yeah. what sort of person is she? What's she into? <laughs> so how does that make you feel? That's relatively low. There's only real crap below it. Um... I'm okay with that. I love the film. That doesn't take anything away from my love of it. Um, and I don't think it's amazing that he's done, like I said, there's heaps of other films he's done that I've preferred. Uh, so you're not as you angry guys... with that score as, say, Eden was with the Blade because Runner score. Blade Runner is a bona fide classic. <laughs> when I was sitting in the car park getting ready to come up to the pod uh, headquarters, I was giving myself a little pep talk in the car and I said, they're not going to like it, Aiden. They never like your things. Just You need to let it go. Just just be comfortable. Just, just It's okay, Aiden. It's okay. They don't have to like it. And I'm just, I'm just staring myself in the rear vision mirror, mirror, mirror just looking at myself going, it's okay. Okay, Aiden, it's gonna be all right. Doesn't matter. It's okay. That don't worry about what they, the nasty things those boys say. <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah. What are we? What? <laughs> what are we doing next? I'm gonna pitch the the next three episodes out to the listeners here. So our next episode is going to be one from your list, Eden, that yeah. I hadn't seen, and I'm just gonna assume that you haven't seen it as well. I'm very uh, excited about this. Is it start? Is it the? It's just. Uh, I don't remember. I think it's just Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Give the listener uh, just a little taste of what that's about. And we Uh, should say, give all of our listeners a taste of what that's about, because no one on the planet Earth has heard of it. Uh, All right. Look, it is a 1970s sort of sci-fi horror film. Oh, come on. Come on. Aiden's going to love it. It's got a great cast, but I do... Give me one. Give me one actor. Leonard Nimoy. Okay. Yeah. Spock. (laughs) All right. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. I'll give you two. Oh, my gosh. Jeff Goldblum's in it? Yeah, it is great. You've got two tall, lanky men. (laughs) Amazing. That's what I look for in a film. That's right. All right, so if you want to (laughs) watch that ahead of our next podcast, uh, you've probably got a a few weeks to do that. But do not check out anything online because there might be spoilers. Oh, unlike every other film. (laughs) It's from the 70s and it's really good. (laughs) By the way, if you haven't seen Bad Boys and you want to watch it, it's on Stan if you're trying to be piracy-free in 2020. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to throw that one out or there. Or I can lend anyone the DVD set that may need it. <laughs> is lending... <laughs> lending's not really supporting the arts, though, is it? Like, you're not supporting the producers by lending someone the DVD. It's, it's, lending is, like, just just pre-digital piracy. Yeah. And you, you never know, you might not get it back. But I didn't do the wrong thing. I still have your Firefly DVDs. In what? Dollar. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... Can I tell you why I've never? Can I tell you why? Can I? I want to admit in front of all of our listeners why I've never returned them. Why? Because wait, what's uh, the DVDs? Oh, Firefly. It's uh, okay. Yes, the, the Joss, TV series yeah. with the redhead guy. He's in. He's in Dodgeball. He's the pirate in Dodgeball. <laughs> I think he's in the show. I wouldn't call yeah. him red hair. 
Oh, Alan Sandy Blonde. Tudic? That guy. Yeah, 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 okay. He's in this, isn't he? He's the Yeah, yeah, he is in that. Yeah, I wasn't wrong. And uh, the hot girl from Mad Men's in it. Um the the redhead girl. <laughs> Christina <laughs> Hendricks? That's the one. She's in it is too, she isn't in she? I don't know. I can't remember. I never watched it. You haven't I was gonna give it back. You've had it over a year. I was gonna give it back. But we were moving house and I was packing stuff up. I dropped it to the floor and in going to pick it up, I stood on the box <gasps> and cracked the box. You owe me Firefly. <laughs> I The DVDs are mint. The DVDs are mint. But I want to replace the box, but it's not an easy box to replace. There's like an unusual number of discs. I've got to... F- I've got to like probably custom make a DVD box. Anyway, it's put the Firefly discs in it. It's being used as a coaster oh, at the moment. Man. I feel cleansed just admitting this, though. I'm like, I feel I've, I've shed away. You're never going to get them back, but I feel better. I feel better. Is that the Blu-ray? Eden doesn't. Oh man. At least you know where they are now. Had you missed them at all? Be honest. I had actually forgotten that you had them. Yeah, but you did. but yeah, I haven't you did. forgotten that I'm still missing my Star Trek Discovery season one Blu-rays, and I do not know where they are. No, that's not me. Yeah, I, I don't Netflix. know anymore. I watched on Netflix. Who doesn't have Netflix? Who's borrowing Discovery? I don't know, but someone's going to pay for it. Anyway, after Invasion of the Body Snatchers, then we're doing something off my list that I was really surprised that it particularly Aiden hadn't seen: a Australian '80s children's classic, BMX Bandits. Hmm. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it is the film that launched Nicole Kidman to stardom. You can see her very young with very red, very curly hair. It's pretty exciting just for that reason. I feel like that's popping up a bit in the last five minutes. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and after that, we have a guest. Your wife, Eden. Oh. Another redhead. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming together. <laughs> And yeah. tell the uh, tell the listeners what she will be doing for the first time. Yeah, Kirsty's going to be watching The Godfather. Uh, yeah, I read the book recently and loved it, and I'm keen to see the movie again. And Kirsty is keen to see it too, so I'm really keen to hear what she's saying. Nice. All that and more coming soon to a podcast near you. Is that the end? Yeah. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a right way of doing police work. There's a wrong way of doing it. Then there's a way that you two idiots do it. Thank you, Captain. I know what you're going to say, but the fact is, you've been making us all look bad. I don't want to cause any problems, Lieutenant. I just want a new partner. Yeah, if anything, we deserve a reward or something, like a trophy. I'll just take this higher. Well, in Beverly Hills, we go strictly by the book. I hear from the boys upstairs you've been sticking your nose in a Ralph Hurley There was a problem. Don't think, Axel. Makes my dick itch. Your ass is on the line here. Yes, Captain. Don't yes, Captain, me. your mouth. Jim, don't square off on me with some bullshit. Thinking you can handle me? You think I'm over the hill? Play a tough guy doesn't mean you are when you lace curtain iron. Shut up, Rosewood! Go ahead, climb me. You got three days. If I don't see some results by then, I'm gonna frying your ass in the dog meat. You got that? Captain, I won't let you down. <laughs>